Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer, our chapter-by-chapter chapter discussion of the Harry Potter novels, where I'm reading them for the first time, and I know nothing. She's reading them for the 39th time. Sure. And knows a lot. This is episode number 128. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are continuing the seemingly never-ending journey through Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. We're getting there. You say that, you said that for like six months. No. And I guess in truth, you weren't lying. We are getting there. You're getting there. It's just been a bit of a... It's a long book. Been a bit of a, a venture. It's a big book. When I got the books lined up in my library at school, mm-hmm. I had a kid check out uh, Sorcerer's Stone the other day. I'm like, oh, look at this cute little thing. Look at this cute little book. This is a little. It's like 47 pages. (laughs) You knock it out super quick. You feel like you're really smart because you like read a whole book. Uh, But yeah, we're getting there. And this chapter that we're going to talk about today, chapter 35, was long. But it was good. It was good. It was a really good chapter. They said this is where things start happening. Like, this is... This is the point of the story, of this book. Some of the chapters are long and a little bit of, uh, I don't know what word I'm looking for. I I said venture earlier. That's not the the word I'm looking for. I still haven't gotten over the the brain fog. I used to be really good at words. I used to be really fast and quick-witted, but not so much anymore. Think that they're just slow. I want to say trog. Is trog a word? No. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Like that it 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 is. We're like having it's just to like filler. You're just trudging through. Trudge, maybe. I don't know. If you can th- know what word I'm thinking of, send me an email: broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail dot com. <laughs> and if you guess I'm... the mystery word of the week, we'll send you a T-shirt. What word is Dan thinking of? But you don't even know, so how will you know when... No, but when I hear it, I'll know it. Okay. You know? It's like, I don't know what art is, but I know it when I see it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, last time we talked about uh, Chapter 34, I'll do a brief recap of that. By the way, if you feel hear my voice a little gra- more gravelly than usual, uh, we are under a cough warning. Not me this time. I know the, the state of Missouri. it was me for like six months last summer, but not this time. In the last six weeks, I have had strep, 
I have had a sinus infection. I have had shingles. <laughs> Surprise! And uh, I have had one of the worst fibromyalgia flare-ups of my life that took about two weeks to, to get over. And as soon as I started feeling better from that, now I've got some kind of upper respiratory nonsense going on. So I'm a little bit hoarse. And I'm, like I said, we're under a cough warning. We're playing hurt today, but we're going to try to get the episode done with a minimal amount of germs being expelled into the microphone. As I say, we're, we're pretty far away. Because if the germs go into the microphone, they go into the, the podcast verse as oh, well. Oh, oh, so the people and listening. And then they could infect people through whatever uh, listening device they are enjoying the podcast on. Oh, that's sad. I thought listening to podcasts was fairly, like... Safe. Oh no. Germ-free. Oh no. Damn. It's like going to school at Hogwarts. It's constant yeah. life or death. Yeah. Uh, last time was chapter 34 of the Department of Mysteries. Harry, Ron, Hermione, Neville, Jenny, and Luna ride the Thestrals to the Department of Mysteries. They go into the magical phone booth, get their magical name badges, and go down the magical ele- elevator. We eventually get to the Department of Mysteries, which Harry saw in his vision. Rooms upon rooms upon rooms. We peek into some of the rooms. We see some brains swimming around in a fish tank. We see an archway hung by a black veil. And we finally find the shimmering room that we're looking for. We get to row 97, like in Harry's vision. And, no serious. Harry does find an orb on the wall that says SPT to APWBD. Dark Lord and question mark Harry Potter. And just as we're trying to process what we found, we hear an evil voice behind our group's heads demanding the thing that Harry is holding. Yep, that pretty much sums it up. Chapter 35. (laughs) Today's featured on today's episode, Beyond the Veil. The chapter that would never end, but it was a good one. It was. There's a lot in this chapter, and there are a lot of little teeny tiny things that are going to make a big difference going forward things that probably went right over my head possibly uh we quickly find out that lucius malfoy is the creepy voice asking for the orb that harry is holding and that our heroes are also surrounded by a dozen death eaters and we're trapped not good daniel i thought that bellatrix really made her presence felt for the first time directly mm-hmm. in this chapter i mean we've seen bellatrix in flashbacks with the Pensieve, and we've heard the story about what Bellatrix did to Neville's parents, but she's really one of the featured villains in this chapter. Yeah. She's just live and in person. Mm -hmm. Before, it was all just kind of flashbacks, memories. This is our first real taste of her. Are you a, a fan of the Bellatrix character? Yeah, I think she's a good character. Mm-hmm. I think um, well, we talked about Umbridge versus Voldemort, and how you know Umbridge is more of a more of a scary villain mm-hmm. than this caricature bad guy that Voldemort is. I kind of feel like she's almost a little bit scarier too, Bellatrix, mm-hmm. because. She's a bit unhinged, yeah. and you don't know what she's going to do. She, Voldemort has a plan, has a strategy, 
has, it's not exactly like he's got morals with limitations, but he does try to work in a certain structure. Mm-hmm. So you kind of know what he's going to do. With her, you don't know. She's like, a wild card. Yeah. Anything could happen. Mm-hmm. What did you think about uh, Helena Bonham Carter's portrayal of Bellatrix? Did it kind of match up with... Because that was one of, the more, one of the more memorable characters from the movies that I haven't seen in quite a while. And I'm purposely avoiding the movies every time they're on TV. And they're constantly on TV. Yes. <laughs> because I want to you know, maintain the, the integrity of what we're doing here on the podcast. But she was one of the characters that really kind of stood out to me just because of the big hair and the, you know, the big, the, the makeup and, the, you know, the, the, laugh. the flowing dress and the evil laugh. And she very much is a loose cannon wild card. Did the portrayal of the character when you saw the movies kind of match up with what you had in your head reading the books? Because I don't really have that advantage. You probably read these books before you saw these movies and kind of and I, th- I think maybe and maybe that's not an advantage maybe like our friend Kelly who loved these books with every bit of her heart and then went and saw the movies and it just didn't live up to yeah, wah, wah. everything that she had built up uh, the love that she had built up for, for these books that translation to film but me I'm kind of have a bias now because when I see these when I read these characters on paper I see the actor or actress Mm -hmm. so what about you I think I did a bit too so there's gonna be gasping going on Uh I did not read these books as they were coming out I read them after the fact after they were all done after the, the movies were all done like Harry Potter was all here and in the world and then I was like, hey, I'm going to read these books. And yeah, I did binge them. But it wasn't like reading them beforehand, before the movies were out. Because the movies were out. So I would seen previews and, you know, I did too I still kind of picture the actors and actresses because they exist, you know, mm-hmm. they were out there in the media and everything. So I don't know. I think I kind of pictured them the actors and actresses when i picture these guys that's one thing that i kind of wish that i would have got to experience is now i don't know if i would have i don't know if i would have liked waiting for the next book yeah that's some that's one thing that i'm glad i didn't have to experience because I'm, when i'm ready to go to the next chapter and do another show with you it's right there I can't imagine what it would be like to get to the end of one of these books and then have to wait like another year or two for it to come out. And you you deal with that all the time with the the different sagas that you read. Oh, yes. Like, you know, we're waiting for one right now. Actually, I have a, a constant list going of books I have to keep an eye out for the next one is coming. And it is hard when you read a lot, especially, I feel like, because... Things kind of get mushed together mm-hmm. and lost. If mm-hmm. you have to wait a year for the book, mm-hmm. you almost have to read the first one again. Yep. And for some of the series, I do do that. I think with all of the, the Saramas books, you would do a reread when the next one came out. 
And so you'd start at the beginning and reread the first one, the second one, the third one, however many it took to get to where you were at. Comic books are like that too, and that's kind of why I stopped buying comics month to month. I couldn't. You tried to get me into comics. I couldn't do it because I couldn't wait that long. Yeah. The best thing to do is to wait until a story is complete, whatever an arc is, if it's six issues, if it's 12 issues. If it's good enough, they'll reprint it in a uh, trade paperback. And then you got it all right there. Because, but waiting month to month, and then there would be issues with, you know, the story would be done, but the artwork wouldn't be done. So it would get pushed back a month. Then you're waiting two months. And then I'm reading the story, and I don't really remember what happened in the last one. So you got to go was, back and, and read the last one again, and it gets a little frustrating. It's like ten pages, too. So by the time you get into the story, it's oh, that little section, that little comic is over. And, and then you got to get into it again in one or two or three months. And I fully respect the amount, the sheer amount of hours that it takes to just produce one comic, one page of a comic. You know, how many hours and days it takes uh, a illustrator and an inker and a colorist to produce one page of a comic book. Whereas if you're just doing a book, it's just one person at a you know computer. That can get those words down and, and get it out. But on the other hand, it still is having respect for that process. It's still frustrating and it kind of takes you out of it when you can't immediately find out what, what's going to happen next. And then your brain, you start reading other books. And then that takes up space in your brain that you had reserved for this other thing you were trying to read. And it's hard to, you know, keep that level of excitement and level of enjoyment up. And that's why I stopped buying comic books from month to month. You know, I'll just buy uh, hardbacks now or, or paperbacks once a once a story arc is is done, and then you can just sit down and enjoy it all, all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about Bellatrix, wouldn't we? Yeah, <laughs> Bellatrix likes books. Uh, so we're finding out pretty quickly that the vision that Harry had Sirius being tortured in row 97 either hasn't happened yet isn't going to happen or has happened already so why was this vision that he had not functioning the same way as the vision about arthur weasley because when harry had that vision it was like it's happening right now we got to get somebody there right now somebody did go there arthur was saved but this vision is not functioning the same way. No. Um, we're going to go back to Hermione was right. Hermione's always right. Let's always listen to Hermione in the future. Um, they go back and forth a bit. And Harry's asking about Sirius. And Bellatrix is laughing at him. And everybody's laughing at him. Because it wasn't real. And basically there's a couple lines in there. None of it was real. All this going down the hallway, Voldemort was showing Harry intentionally Mm -hmm. to try to get him to go to the Ministry and retrieve this orb for him. Uh, And then the last, not the last resort, there probably would have been more resorts, but this latest resort attempt was to lure him there to try and save Sirius. But do you you blame Harry? You can't blame Harry for that, though, because... Because the other one was the other real. one was one hundred percent right on, and if not, if they hadn't acted on that, then Arthur Weasley wouldn't be alive, 
but also by acting on it, they tipped the hand and said, and mm-hmm. so then Voldemort knew about this connection and that Harry was seeing things and how could he use that to his advantage. Sure. Uh, we keep hearing Lucius tell Harry to give him the prophecy. So that's what this big room is, right? It's just full of predictions that wizards and wit- witches have made. Yeah. So Trelawney has like 8,000 ones in there about Harry dying a horrible death. Because <laughs> she did that like three times a class for a whole no, semester. No, not like that. <laughs> like real prophecies. Like the one time when she... Whoa, went- whoa. What do you... What do you mean, real prophecies? Real ones. It's like when you tell me that wrestling isn't real, and I get <laughs> really upset with you. Remember the one time she like went into a trance yeah. and uh-huh. spewed words at Harry and then came back and had no idea it's that like she, she did it? like she was possessed. Those kind of prophecies. Gotcha. Not just little attempts at seeing the future. The Grim. Oh. The Grim. Another thing that Harry finds is... That it's critical that the bad guys return this orb to Voldemort undamaged. And Harry uses that to his advantage throughout the chapter, knowing that the bad guys won't come at Harry too hard for risk of breaking this orb. And it takes a while, but the Death Eaters realize that Harry has no idea what he's holding, right? Yeah, uh, that was kind of the fatal flaw in Voldemort's original plan was he thought that Harry knew about this orb, and as soon as he showed him where it was, he would go get it. Like, what's taking this kid so long to go but get this he thing? he didn't know what it oh was. Oh my goodness. He didn't even know it existed. It's so, taken forever. So that kind of plays into this whole, you know, Harry kind of spirals into nobody's telling me anything, I get left out of everything, <laughs> and... Dumbledore won't talk to me. It just kind of plays into that insecurity that he's been fighting this whole book. Is that this thing, this prophecy, is about him, about why he has this scar, why Voldemort checked him, why his parents died, and nobody's going to tell him about it. Nobody's talking to me. <laughs> I can't hear anybody. Can't hear anybody. Uh, that famous line that is regurgitated many times in the Rhino household comes from when we took my mother. On a float trip <laughs> in kayaks. And not the kind of kayaks where like your whole body's down in there and just your no. head sticking, head and torso sticking out. These are just the ones you sit on top. We weren't even on a river. You're we were like on a lounge creek. back. Yeah, it's a creek. It's not a river. It, most of the time it's like ankle deep. <laughs> and yeah. we went around this turn and there was a tree that had fallen into the water, kind of blocking half of it and she went on the wrong side of it mm. and the rest of us went on the the correct side and she just it, she takes off at about 0.25 miles per hour <laughs> into this little jetty and we're trying to tell her how to okay back paddle or get yourself turned around we're trying to tell her how to fix her situation <laughs> and she immediately starts yelling at all of us to stop talking stop talking Stop talking! And then she so of continues. Course we stop talking. She continues veering off, like I said, at about 0.25 miles per hour into this little. If she would have just, if she would have just puddle? kept going, she would have eventually just stopped, stopped in some branches in, in in this puddle, essentially. And so I believe you said, Jake, go get your mother. <laughs> And my brother goes over there in ankle-deep water. 
<laughs> and pulls her back to the to the stream. But she went from saying, "Everybody, stop talking! Stop talking!" Because you know it's like when your parents are driving a car and it's like they can't function, they can't operate this motor vehicle. Can't if, focus because there's words too much are coming out of your too mouth. much noise. Or and I and I do this too. When you're getting close to where you're going and you need to really pay attention to the streets, you turn down the radio. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't do that. I do that. I do that for sure. But she went from, everybody stop talking to, nobody's talking to me. Nobody's telling me anything. <laughs> I can't hear anybody. I can't hear anybody. Like she had drifted so far away from us that she couldn't hear us anymore. <laughs> she was maybe 20 feet away. <laughs> In a total panic oh my gosh it was uh it was classic 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 Paulino. actually uh I, I imagine that's what would happen to molly weasley if she ever got taken on a float trip because you know arthur wants to do it because it's a muggle thing to do yeah yeah and molly just goes drifting off into this this puddle this harmless puddle this harmless three foot deep uh puddle yeah. over on the uh, the outbank of the river. Uh, apparently, the contents of this orb explain the scar on Harry's head. It explains why Voldemort tried to kill Harry in the first place. And it would answer a lot of questions that Harry has had for a long time. Uh, we also learned that only someone who the prophecy is actually about can retrieve the orb. That's some security right there. These just look like old dusty shelves. Mm-hmm. What? I mean, strange. Well, here's the issue that I had with that. The excuse that the bad guys give is that Voldemort couldn't possibly... Now, Voldemort could have gone and just got this thing. Because he's in the prophecy, right? Yep. But Voldemort couldn't have possibly done that. He couldn't possibly no. sneak into the ministry with everyone keeping an eye out for him. However... A dozen Death Eaters in Halloween costumes. <laughs> Some of them freshly... Now, I understand, like, Lucius Malfoy, like, if he just held, kept his Halloween costume, like, under his robe, he could get into the ministry pretty easily. But some of these Death Eaters are freshly escaped from Azkaban, and they got in there. Six children waltzed in after hours. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Voldemort would have had no problem just going in and getting his own orb. It, that's not the point, though. The point is that the Ministry is helping them out by pretending that he has not back and that he does not exist. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, he cannot come out into the open where it would be undeniable that he is there and back. But there's no security there. Children are children are running roughshod over this place. He could still be spotted. By whom? You don't know. People. Whom? The chapter's not over. No, I finished reading it. <laughs> I mean, the scene's <laughs> not over. There could be people around. Okay, I'm just saying. They could have saved themselves a whole lot. He could have had this thing weeks ago. But there are other and then people, roll the credits. <laughs> the people that he was sending, some of them got caught. So they figured out that how to get in. Yeah, just go in after hours. You'll get a, a 
fancy badge and everything. There's they probably will... supposed to be security. You don't think the Dark Lord could take care of that? Take care of the one security guard who's napping? It's, it's not worth the risk of exposing himself when he can just make Harry do it. So while the villains are doing their... There's been a lot of Bond villain monologues in this book. <laughs> Uh, we had the one from Umbridge a few chapters ago. There's been a lot of those. They're doing their Bond villain monologues. Harry gets the rest of his crew to smash a bunch of the other orbs on the walls, setting up the distraction for their escape. The problem is, to escape, we're essentially in a maze here. And Harry, Hermione, and Neville get separated from Ron, Luna, and Jenny. But I was, I will say, I was really proud of Neville in this chapter. See, this is why I love this book so much. <laughs> you know he's scared out of his mind. Yes. He's come face to face with the witch who put his parents in their current predicament. Yes. And he really shows a lot of, not just heart in this chapter, but a lot of wizardly aptitude. <laughs> nice. In this chapter. Like, he's learned a lot from these you know, secret defense against the dark arts meetings. Yes. I, I'm so proud of this, the whole group. Neville, super so, so, but everybody in this little group. I also like the scene when, like, Ron's looks like he's been through a meat grinder and Jenny's got a broken angle and Luna just comes bounding in. Oh, with, there you are. With not a scratch on her. Right. It's, it's, it's very Luna. Very Luna. Uh, Neville does a really good job in this chapter, that is, until he gets his face kicked in and his wand broken. We'll talk about that in a second. Yes. Jess, please, for the love of God, can you explain the baby-headed man to me? <laughs> <laughs> baby-headed man. Uh, so, you remember the hourglass with the bird that was Keep an Keep talking, egg? I'm going to go cough. Okay, the bird that was an egg, and then he was not an egg anymore, and he's a bird, and then he's an egg again. Well, the the Death Eater got kicked, blasted, whatever. He fell into, well, well, just his head fell into that hourglass. Where time's just going like super fast, back and forth, back mm -hmm. and forth, back and forth. So he went back to being a baby. A little Benjamin Button situation. Mm -hmm. But just his head, because only his head was in the hourglass. <laughs> they said his arms were like... Like those wacky, wavy, inflatable, arm-flailing two-men. <laughs> the, the baby brain's trying to control those big arms, and he just can't do it. And he's just, like, arms all akimbo out, willy-nilly. They, they can't see you. Oh, we're not... The, we're, the Patreon yeah. people can, The thing though. that you're doing? Yeah. You, they can't see We you. didn't set up the Patreon yet, where they get the live feed? No, no, we didn't do that. They get access to all the cameras in our house. Oh, for okay. like five bucks a month. Like five bucks a month. Yeah. Like, so it's not just like when we're recording podcasts like a couple All times time. a month. It's just like, hey, you want to see what our dogs are doing right now? You want to see what my backyard looks like right now? <laughs> it's kind of creepy. You get all, yeah, but like, it's nice to like have people watching out for you, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it's only five bucks a month, so. Click and subscribe. Yeah. There you go. I'm pointing like when they, <laughs> they point like subscribe right here. Right here. <laughs> And they're pointing down, and it's like off by like a, a you know a couple inches or or whatever. And they're like, ah, just leave it in there. It's fine. Who cares? It's not worth doing again. So, baby-headed man, um, 
was trying to kill them. He yes. he did not start as a baby-headed man. He became a baby-headed man. Because he fell into the time warp glass thing. So he's got the body of, of what he had before, but now, now the head of the baby and also, I guess, the the brain of the baby? Yeah. Babe, he couldn't have an adult brain and a baby head. It, that wouldn't fit. So how is he walking, though? I don't know. Babies can walk. I mean, after they learn how to. Yeah. I guess we don't know, like, how far he went back in the yeah, baby like, development. Not like, 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 newborn baby. Maybe it started to come back to being adult, but it's still toddler. <sighs> well, Harry's, Harry's ready to just stun him. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hurt a baby! What about an evil baby, though? <laughs> like I want to, I want to know, like Jess Rhino, where you felt, where you fall on your morality. Like, yeah, of course we can't hurt a baby. What if baby's evil, though? Yeah. What about like baby Hitler? Like that's always like the time travel like paradox. Like, what would you do? Would you go back? W- would you kill Hitler if he was a baby? <laughs> oh, you're a baby killer now. <laughs> but it's baby Hitler. That's the uh, one that always comes up when people talk about time travel. Yeah, I don't think you can go back and kill baby Hitler. But this isn't a baby baby. This is... <laughs> a little baby with a little, little baby Hitler mustache. <laughs> this is a guy who was trying to kill you and now his head is just a baby. I'm totally fine with it. Oh, so you're okay with just offing this guy? <laughs> yes. I'm vicious, man. If we get into the apocalypse, uh, no. I've read too many books where you spare the guy and he comes back and he mm. kills you. Mm. No. Mm. You're killing everybody. Like, you tried to kill us once, you're done. You Just one strike, you're out. kind of makes me think that I wouldn't last very long on your team. You'd, like, see me as, like, like dragging the, the group down. No. <laughs> That's not what I said at all. I said if you tried to kill some kill us, then I'm not giving you a second I, I chance. Better make sure that I've got some skills to bring to the group. I feel like I'm going to be. This uh, is your own personal security insecurities that you're po- putting on me. I feel like I'm. You're going always to be talking about that that you don't have a your group of skills to contribute to the apocalypse group. I, I, I'm a teacher. I'm there. There was a joke the other day about like teachers would be the best in the, the, the zombie apocalypse. It was a joke though. A joke. Because it was something about how like they they deal with chaos every day and stuff like that. I'm like, chaos, listen though, getting an education you can function to, without beverages for long periods of time. Yeah, you can hold your pee for <laughs> for, for a long, long time. time. Um, the thing is though, getting an education degree, you just got to show up. You don't got to be like like it's hard. To, I'm sure it's hard to get like a biology degree. And it's hard to get like a like a chemistry degree, and it's hard to get, you know, a degree in mathematics. Mm-hmm. You can't just show up and get those degrees. You have to like actually be proficient in these things. Twenty-one years of teaching, I've worked with hundreds of people <laughs> who had no business <laughs> teaching children things, but. Like I said, getting an education degree, you just got to show up. It's not hard. It's like I have a master's degree, but it's kind of it's in education, so it doesn't really count. 
So we don't really have any skills unless we do something for a hobby outside of education that gives us those skills. Like, I can't, I'm not, I can't hunt. You shot a gun a couple of times yeah, now. Yeah, and I was, and I was, pr- pr- that's just because I'm, like, naturally average at everything I try. So, like, if I had a, the opportunity to try something before the zombie apocalypse, uh, yeah, zombie apocalypse came. At this point, it's just an apocalypse. There's, there's so many possibilities of our apocalypse coming soon then i might be able to be like halfway decent at it when it comes around but i'm not like a you know i don't think i don't know if i could start a fire like with without a match or a lighter i don't know if i could do that sometimes starting a fire with matches is hard yeah so i don't i don't know i don't think i'd last very long in your group i I think you'd be like hey can you go over there and like uh get gather some sticks for the fire and then i'd come back and you guys would all be gone that's not true babe i wouldn't do that to you okay i'll keep you around uh things actually aren't going too badly with the escape until neville gets his wand broken along with his nose and his face yeah in the process and hermione gets stunned and knocked out so we're down uh two of our soldiers here and I understand what the author was trying to do with the alteration of Neville's words based on his injuries. But it did make things a lot harder to read. It does. Um, I've been taking a couple of like online classes about writing and stuff. And pretty much every class. Education courses? Thinking about going into teaching? No. No. <laughs> just writing. I'll, all of them will say, don't do it. Readers don't like it. Don't yeah. write with a dialect. Don't write with something. I, and I, like you said, I get that they're trying to show mm-hmm. that he can't hardly talk at this point, And he is hard to understand. That's kind of adding to the chaos of the mm-hmm. moment. But, yeah, it's kind of annoying. You ever read the Junie B. Jones books? No. They are beloved by many people. But I can't stand them because... The grammar is so bad mm-hmm. in it, and it's purposely so bad in it, but it kind of like makes me angry, <laughs> <laughs> and I can't enjoy the book if I'm angry, <laughs> because you know how like picky I am about like when when I see like advertisements and things like that, and there's like misspelled words, and I'll I'll send this to you, and I'll say, can you I'll say, can you spot what's wrong with this? And you're like. No. no. I'm like the apostrophe. It's S apostrophe, not apostrophe S. <laughs> and you're like, nobody cares. My brain just fixes it. Like, I know what it's supposed to say, and I just, that's what I see. That's nice. You have autocorrect. <laughs> I have autocorrect in my on. brain. I got in trouble once at a job because I couldn't find the mistakes that the doctors made. First of all, the doctors made mistakes, not me. But at the end of the night, I was supposed to go through the report and find all of the mistakes the doctors made, mm-hmm. and I couldn't do it. Like they were like like things that they had typed or thing like things like, in their notes or um no like the billing stuff that they oh, okay. submitted. Okay. So and it was a lot of numbers like using and, wrong codes. Or yeah, wrong whatever. codes, wrong numbers, and you know how dyslexic I am. I like mm-hmm. I I flip numbers all the time. All when we the go time. to the store, and the the boss, the supervisor, got so mad at me because I could not find the mistake. 
so I was. Was this like a test? They like made them like, like, <laughs> like in the old uh, highlights magazines. <laughs> Find the three things that are different in these two pictures. No, so the doctors would put in their charges and during the day. And at night, you were supposed to run this report and look at the charges for the whole day and see if there were any mistakes that the doctors made. I'm like, first of all, how do I know if the doctor was supposed to charge for a level 2 or a level 3? I wasn't in there. I don't know. Or the doctor charged for a shot but didn't charge for something that went along with the shot. All right, that's not probably the best example. But um, I was supposed to like look for these problems. And you're supposed to run the report and find them at the end of the night because overnight they post. And so the supervisor, who only worked during the day, couldn't fix those problems the next morning mm. because they'd already posted. He wanted us little peons to do it the night before. Like, why don't you make your doctors do it? Mm. They're doctors. And they were the ones in the room. They know what happened. They know what they should have been charging for. Yeah. But anyway. It's like, yeah. check your work, doc. So, like, the next morning, he would call me in and be like, "You did you check this last night? And I'm like, yeah. In the With the 50 other things that we had to do right before closing? Yes, of course. I looked at this piece of paper that has a thousand numbers on it. Mm-hmm. And he would get so mad at me because I didn't catch the, the mistakes that the doctors made. Well, he's in prison now, that guy. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Probably for, for uh, insurance fraud. <laughs> there you go. So he got what was coming to him. Uh, so we've got Harry with Neville. Uh, Neville's carrying Hermione's wand and Hermione. Mm-hmm. And we are finally reunited with Luna, Jenny, and Ron. And what sort of state is that part of the group in? Uh, Ron is on like some goofy giggle juice or something. Yeah. Like he is... He, he just thinks everything's hilarious. Jenny is in bad shape. I guess I was a little confused there for a second. I guess Luna, somebody grabbed Jenny's ankle mm-hmm. and Luna tried to stun that person mm-hmm. and got part of Jenny's ankle at yeah. the same time. So Luna technically broke Jenny's ankle. Yeah. But Luna's fine. Yeah, Luna's, Luna's great. Do you know why I was proud of Harry in this chapter? Why were you proud of Harry? What do I always keep giving Harry a hard time about? Every time we do any kind of trivia event or anything like that, I give Harry a hard time Oh, because about. he only does stupefy. He used... Or no, he only does expelliarmus. He used multiple spells, multiple spells in this chapter. So, round of applause, good sir. It's all that practicing with the group. They've been having a... He couldn't just teach them one thing. He had to teach them more than one thing. So, he had to learn other things, too. So in the second half of, half of the chapter, Neville's really having a hard time casting any kind of spells. Yeah, Hermione's wine's not really listening to him. And that's what I was going to ask you. Is it because he's using Hermione's wand, or is it because he can't pronounce the words correctly? Because we, we know the famous line, Levios, Leviosa, not Leviosa. So apparently, enunciation... Is a big deal in the wizarding community. Particularly to Hermione and probably her wand. Yes. So I think it's a bit of both. So her wand's a a little snooty too. (laughs) Yeah. I am not going to do anything because I don't know what you want me to do because you're not saying it right. So someone... 
ever since I got COVID a couple years ago, I have a little bit of a I have a little bit of a lisp. And I feel like you can hear it a lot on this episode because of what I got going on in my in my lungs, but someone with a lisp couldn't be a proficient wizard if we go by if they have a snooty wand, like snooty Hermione, wand. Hermione. But see, does. the snooty wand wouldn't pick them. Okay. This is Hermione's wand, and let's let's go ahead and ju- tackle that while we're here. Mm-hmm. So Neville got kicked in the face, and his wand got broken. Mm-hmm. That's not his wand. They, he said it was his. Uh, it's his, his dad's, his dad's wand. wand. Yeah. So that wand was never meant for him. Right. So if he was ever less than proficient at anything, he was kind of, you know, working at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like everybody else is hitting hitting baseballs with a metal bat, and you're using like a two by four, <laughs> or just a stick off a tree <laughs> at this point. Uh, yeah, it's it's a huge. This is a huge moment, and it kind of gets overlooked if Flew you don't right know. Over my head. Because think of all the years that. Neville has struggled. Mm-hmm. And and I did briefly when when that was mentioned, I did briefly. I'm getting kind of goosebumps right now with like this <laughs> this moment. new revelation here. But when that when that moment happened and they said that it was his dad's one, and I said, oh well, he never got to like go to Ollivander's and never got to like you know have the wand choose him. I said, oh well, you know, I guess it's you know if it's his dad's, it's probably pretty similar to what he would have gotten but that really does explain a lot mm-hmm. i am surprised he didn't like pick up the the remnants of the the wand though you know because you you slap some spello tape on that and you know no. use it as like your backup wand or something no 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 that doesn't work very well <laughs> but yeah um i don't think that he I mean, he obviously really loves his parents, but I don't think he has the sentimental attachment to the wand. It was his grandmother made him use it. Yeah, he even said, my, my grandmom's going to kill me. Yeah. so That's this... what he's thinking about when he's getting chased <laughs> well, down by... His grandma re- Recently escaped uh, prisoners. She's kind of intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what, like you said, I was kind of surprised that he didn't grab it, but more because of that, like, to take it back to grandma. Then, but I don't know. I kind of feel like he doesn't resent the wand, but kind of frustrated. I'm sure he's frustrated with it because oh, sure. it's not doing what he was, and he feels like he can't do it. You know, it's taking down his self esteem because he can't do things with it. It's like you you've driven junky cars before, like I have, mm-hmm. I'm sure, and it's it's you're just trying to get where you want to go. Every time you press anything, it's a struggle. And that's got to be what he's... Every time he tries to do anything magically, mm-hmm. you know, he's just... He's got this wand fighting against him. Plus the learning curve of, you know, learning different spells. And I don't even think it has to be a junkie car. Like, if you jump into somebody's car that you never driven that car before mm-hmm. whether it's because it's like super new and has all these bells and whistles and you don't know what buttons you're supposed to be pushing or just because the seat feels weird because you're not you don't want to move it too much i do that when i get in your car i don't want to move your seat that much mm-hmm. and move all your mirrors and everything especially if i'm just gonna run to the store 
I'm not driving it for a long time. But you have to because you're four foot two and you have to <laughs> scoot the seat all the way up. Yeah. So I don't move yours either unless I'm driving it for a distance. Yeah. But if I'm just moving it in the morning, I it, it is like <laughs> you fold yourself into I a have little to, ball. I have to fold my body. I have to <laughs> articulate my limbs into a a certain shape in order to squeeze into the car to move it out into the street. So think about how uncomfortable that is for you. It's not great. I think that's how it is using somebody else's wand. It's conformed to that other person. Mm -hmm. And now you're trying to make it conform to you, and it just doesn't always work. So there was a moment, uh, going back just a couple pages here, when Hermione gets hurt, the bad guy had been silenced with a with a spell. Mm-hmm. But he was still able to like make some kind of purple stuff come out of his wand and, and hurt her. So I, I guess I didn't realize that there was spells that could be done without actually saying words? It's just like another level. Okay. Uh, later, there's a big moment where one of the teachers at Hogwarts walks into a room and does a whole bunch of spells and doesn't say a word. Mm -hmm. It's just another level. And if you think back, like Harry, before he knew he was a wizard, he could make magical Mm -hmm. things happen without saying anything or using any kind of magical incantation. Right. It's just the wand and the words are a way to focus it Mm -hmm. and make it very precise. Gotcha. Whereas there's still witches and wizards. They can still use magic, whether they have the wand or use the words. Gotcha. It's just not as... Unless they're really, really good. And I think there's that scene... There's a scene where Snape comes chart in like the very first episode... Or episode, but um, the first time Snape shows up in class. Last week on a very special Blossom. <laughs> Snape shows up in their, for their first potions class and he walks in and closes mm-hmm. all the windows and, and things, you know, changes mm-hmm. things in the room, slams the door and... He doesn't say a word then, either. Gotcha. Uh, so we got uh, Drunk Ron. He Akio's one of the brains from the fish tank. And he gets devoured by it? This is another one of those, like, Luna and the Lion Hat moments that I, like, I don't know why. It just sticks with me. And... The Akio brains. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just a moment that most people who've read the books... It's just there. Mm-hmm. And so... That'd be a cool t-shirt. Akio brains with... Especially for teachers. Yeah. Akio your brains, guys. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was just kind of excited for you to get to this that point, too. So he gets like... It like attaches... It's like trying to suffocate him, right? It, yeah, it's like attacking him. It grows tentacles and... Like, what's it doing to him? We don't really know yet. He... Harry said as it's zooming across that he sees thoughts, like pictures almost, Mm. from coming from the tentacles, and then the tentacles attach Ron, and he says, no, no, I don't like it. So it's, I always picture it as like it's putting images in Ron's head, Uh thoughts, experiences that this brain has had or whatever, and um, delivering them to Ron. Gotcha. So we've got Ron getting devoured by a... A rogue brain. We've got Hermione down. Neville can't cast the spell. Jenny's got a broken ankle. Now, and then Luna gets stunned. Mm-hmm. 
So she's out of the game too, and things aren't looking too good for our heroes. And it's really down to Harry and kind of Neville, who can't really do much, but he's still in the fight. Yeah, he's determined to do something. And just as the villains are torturing poor Neville, goading Harry into giving them the orb, the cavalry shows up. And we got Moody, Tonks, Lupin, Sirius, and Kingsley. And when this happened, I kind of expected, oh, like these kids have been handling these 12 Death Death Eaters pretty good up to this point. Now that we got these five here, it's going to be. It's over. It's over. And it's not. Nope. Like even with the extra help, the tide of the battle doesn't really turn in their favor, does it? No. um, They're still outnumbered. They're still... Well, we know Sirius never takes anything serious. Um, ha! <laughs> Lupin's trying to get Harry and Neville to safety, so he's a bit distracted. Tonks is dealing with, you know, more than one person. So, yeah. Moody's uh, one of the great aurors, but he's, you know, limping around. And... Limping around. His eye is, he sent his eye off to check on Harry, uh-huh. apparently. And so he doesn't have that extra eye to keep track and watch his back and... He's also distracted if he sent his eye to go look up, look for Harry. So we get a momentary moment of... Momentary moment, jeez. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm not feeling well, folks. <laughs> <laughs> a moment is momentary. Uh, moments are momentary. That's deep, man. I'll tell you what. That's like some Robert Frost stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Going deep tonight. We get a momentary moment of reprieve here, but... Then we're kind of back to where we're losing this battle again real quickly. And Neville may not be able to cast any spells with Hermione's wand. Neville! But he can sure jab that wand into the eye of one of the Death Eaters, right? Yes. Yes. See, like, so he he comes, like, bounding into the room, and I'm kind of like, oh, Neville. Like, I am, like, I'm kind of like with Harry. I'm a little concerned you didn't stay and help Ron mm. and protect the friends. But I also get that he wants to protect Harry and help Harry. But at the same time, I'm like, somebody's got to look after the others. They're all just laying there unconscious, and Ron's getting eaten by a brain. But Neville also knows that Harry's by himself. Yes. You know. Yeah, he doesn't know that the cavalry was just about to show up and everything. But, yeah, I just love Neville. So, Hermione's wand is going to have eye goop juice on it when she gets it back? Yeah. Like, yeah, yes. sorry about that. Kind yeah, of slow, a... slowly hands and wipe, wipes it off on his shirt a little bit. <laughs> Harry's had boogie, troll boogies on it, so. Yeah, troll boogies are different, though, than, like, a dude's eyeball juice. Yeah. So. In the fight, though, the orb gets broken. And things are looking pretty bleak until Dumbledore shows up. And this was literally a goosebump moment for me, like when Dumbledore showed up, because Dumbledore looks ticked off. And it doesn't even say that. You just know that he is. Yes. And, like, I got getting goosebumps right now thinking about when I was sitting on the couch reading it, and he shows up, and I just kind of, and and I don't even remember the scene from the movies. Mm -hmm. It's just the movie that's playing in my head, back in the the room with the, the veil and the arch, and Dumbledore, you know comes in and and it's kind of like all a moment too because 
you come in up high and like there's like steps and benches mm-hmm. going down low and then the like the little stage in the middle it's almost like a theater auditorium type thing right. so Dumbledore's like up high above yeah. this and it's just like that oh moment where he yeah, comes it's like in. Superman is here to take care of business we had a sad ending to the chapter though Bellatrix and Sirius are fighting. And of course, like you said, Sirius can't think take anything, anything seriously. And he's kind of, you know, is that the best you got? No, this is the best I got. And he gets it right in the chest from Bellatrix. And what happens next? Yeah, the the stun from Bellatrix isn't what gets him. He falls backwards through the archway and disappears behind the veil. And that's kind of where we end it. Yeah. Harry goes trying goes running over, trying to help, trying to see that Sirius is okay. Lupin holds him back. And Basically saying saying that no, he's he's dead. He's gone. Yeah. He's gone. But we know that there's some weird property to this veil and the arch and the dais because last chapter we heard voices coming from it. Mm-hmm. And Harry's convinced that Sirius is not gone forever, but we will have to wait to find out. And that is pretty much the end of chapter 35, Beyond the Veil. Anything you want to add yep, before we, we skimmed, wrap up? Yep, we skimmed right over before the cavalry mm-hmm. came back, or before the cavalry showed up. It was Harry and Neville in that room, and uh, he wouldn't give up the orb. And then Bellatrix started torturing Neville mm-hmm. like she did his parents. And it's like, that's just a moment, too, that... He, kind of came full circle that she was using the Cruciatus curse mm-hmm. on Neville and was going to do that to get Harry to give up the orb and he he was mm-hmm. he was about to give it up well, I, I mentioned that no we flew right over it no I, I mentioned it I briefly mentioned it but I have it uh, right here in my notes just as the villains are torturing poor Neville goading Harry into giving them the orb the cavalry show okay so I did kind of skim kinda. over it but I guess I didn't make that connection that... It was Bellatrix. Yeah, with another Longbottom. Mm-hmm. And she even says, like... I don't know if she says it there or before, that his grandma's mm-hmm. used to losing family members. Mm-hmm. And oh, she said, or she said something like, like, I had the pleasure of meeting your parents. And he's like, I know! But if I know. It was like, I know! Or something yeah. like that. It's like, I'm well aware that you're the one who put my parents in the state that they're in right now. Mm-hmm. So how many chapters we got left? In this I think book? three. Wow. We got another one this month. Mm-hmm. Let me do our two next month. That'll be it. All right. Be the uh, end. No emails this week. Like I said, is there anything else you wanted to add about chapter 35? Or you think we hit it pretty well? I think we hit it now. You think we hit it now? What yeah. does that mean? Well, I mean, because oh. I thought I, I wanted to go back to the Bellatrix torturing Neville thing. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I thought you were trying to say, like, I think we hit it pretty well, but you said now instead. <laughs> no. I think we hit it pretty now. Pretty now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You can send us emails, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on X <laughs> at broomsticksb and send us messages on there as well. You can uh, like us on Facebook and send us messages there. Or on Instagram. Uh, I believe it's Broomsticks B Podcast. Somebody go follow us on Instagram because... Yeah, Instagram's pretty pretty weak. Yeah. Facebook numbers are great. 
X looks great. Uh, not not really uh, a lot on migrating over to Instagram. I don't know. I don't know either. Don't know what to tell you. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, for our inner circle, Jennifer, Catherine, Luke, Amelia, Jane, Ronnie, Anastasia, Kelly, Olivia... Amelia just had a birthday the other day. I was going to say, are you just, are you just listing off all our Instagram followers? I don't even know if they all follow <laughs> us on Instagram. Amelia, I know Amelia doesn't. Oh, well. She's really, she doesn't follow. She's really stingy about her Instagram She ain't no fo- follow back girl. No. You know. She'll be like, you can follow me, but I don't really follow back. Sorry. She's also sorry. a toddler. <laughs> she also just turned one. Yeah, so. And shame on her parents for letting her have an Instagram yeah. at one years old. What the heck? Uh, thank you guys for downloading, listening, and subscribing. Uh, we will be back next time with chapter 36 of Harry Fo- Harry Fairy Fodder. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Somebody needs a nappy. Mm, I don't feel well. I know. <sighs> Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> the most pathetic ever. This is just very pathetic. Very pathetic. Until next time, everybody. Don't get sick. <laughs> be a witch. Be a wizard. Be a muggle. Be a squib. But don't be a jerk. Or a git. Bye. Bye. I got some magic in me. Every time I touch that track, it turns into gold.